This week is uh, Parashas Vayeshev, and it's unusual, as this year is unusual in, in uh, a number of ways, as we'll see as, as it goes along. And one of them is that Shabbos Chanukah is Parashas Vayeshev instead of the typical Parashas Mikates. And there's a good technical reason for this, but I'm not going to bore you with the details. It has to do, you know, when Sochustera comes out, and etc. But in any case, so Parashas Vayeshev is Parashas Chanukah, Shabbos Chanukah this year. And the interesting aspect of the connection between Chanukah and Parshas Vayeshev is that both Vayeshev and Miketz deal with Yosef, his, his, his life, his life story. Yet Parshas Vayeshev deals primarily with the context, why he was sold, the difficulty between him and the Shvatim, how he was sold, and how he suffered in Mitzrayim, whereas... Parashas Miketz actually begins from Yosef's redemption. It begins from how Yosef uh, is called to the king, how he then becomes the the viceroy to the king to to Paroi, and how he then sees to it that his dreams are actualized. So, whereas Vayeshev is kind of Yosef going into Galus, uh, Miketz is Yosef coming out of Galus. And each one connects to Hanukkah in its own individual way. And being that this year Hanukkah coincides with Vayeshev, I want to deal more with that connection. The Sefer called Megala Mukais, which you may have heard of, it's a very, very early Sefer. It was written in the 1600s. The, same, the, the author, whose name was Rav Nassim Shapiro, lived the same time as the Bach. He lived in the same city as the Bach in, Kr- in Krakow. And uh, on his tombstone, it says that he spoke to Eliyahu Navi face to face. So that's, they must have been very convinced of that if they were, were comfortable to write it on his tombstone. So he was a very, very holy person, and the Sefer is a very holy Sefer. It's a very Kabbalah Sefer. He was a Pisoid, and it's quoted throughout the ages through many, many, many Sfarim quoted extensively. Uh, and, and he has many Kabbalistic, Kabbalistic concepts in there. But one of the things he writes there is that the... Golos of Yavan, he says, the Golos of, uh, of the Hanukkah is all about, the Greeks, was to atone for Mechiras Yosef. It was there to atone for the sale of Yosef. And he cites two very interesting gematrias to support this. One gematria is that the word Yosef has the same numerical equivalent as Melech Yavan, which is 156. And he also adds that Antiochus, uh, is also Gematria 156, the same as Yosef. So Yosef and Antiochus, Yosef and, and Melech Yavan have the same numerical equivalent, and he explains that Galas Yavan was there, the difficulty and the oppression of Galas Yavan was to atone for Mechiris Yosef. So what does this mean? So the truth is that others farm point out that really all the four Goliaths, Mitzrayim, uh, Madai, Paras and Madai, Babel, and Yavan, and then Edom, all of them really can be connected back to Mechiris Yosef because they all atone for some one aspect of what Mechiris Yosef was. There were a lot of aspects to Mechiris Yosef. For example, the context in which Yosef was sold to begin with was the fact that there was kinah, there was jealousy between the brothers, and that led to sinna. It led to sinas chinah, it led to a, a, to a hatred. They weren't able to speak in peace to Yosef HaTzadik. So that was clearly the... A, 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 the root of a, a deficiency, something that needed to be perfected, it needed to be mitukan, needed a tikkun, and that was what Golos Adam, Adam was all about. It was there to be mesakin, this chait of Seneschina. Now, the aspect of Golos Yavon that is being, was, was atoned for, that how Golos Yavon atoned for Mechir Yosef was a different aspect. It was the fact that Yosef HaTzadik himself his influence, his his tzidkis, his presence, his righteous, his his righteousness, 
was gone for 22 years. They sold him into slavery and he wasn't there to be able to influence his brother, to have a positive effect on his brother and to, to be Yosef Atzadik, to be in the presence of Yosef Atzadik. His presence was missing for 22 years, all those years that he was languishing as a slave in Mitzrayim. And that created the root of the weakness in the specific things that Yosef excelled in. The things that Yosef excelled in, now he couldn't influence the rest of the Shvatim in what was his expertise and what he was good at, what he was special about, what his Sitkis was. And as a result, it was created his alter ego, so to speak, Antiochus, was the same numerical equivalent as his name, and he came and exploited, as all the Greek kings did, they exploited this weakness in Klai Yisrael. The weakness that was, had its root way back in Mechiris Yosef, that we lost out having that connection to Yosef Atzadik, having the influence of Yosef Atzadik, it created a weakness in a certain aspect in Klai Yisrael, and then Antiochus and the Greeks jumped in and exploited that weakness. So we needed the oppression of Galus Yavan to atone for that, so that we could recreate that, re-strengthen that aspect of Yosef's influence. Now what was that? What were the values and ideals and the Midas that Yosef had Tzadik exemplified? Yosef is known as Tzadik Yisait Olam. His Midah is a Midah of Yisait. It's one of the Midas of Hashem Yisbarach. There are a number of different Midas. There's Gvura, there's Haid, there's Netzach. But the, the, the Midah that Yosef is associated with is Yis, called Yisait. And Yisait means foundation. And the concept of Tzadik Yisait Olam means is that the world and heaven have a connection. And that connection is a Tzadik. A Tzadik makes that connection between heaven and earth. He thereby creates the foundation of what earth is, is, uh, is built upon. Now what this means is, is that there are many parts of this world which Hashem created. And their purpose, as is all of creation, is to bring godliness to this world. To reflect the greatness of Hashem. The world is a very physical place. It's a very physical place, yet at the same time that physicality can be the epitome of, of Kedusha, of holiness, of spirituality, if the connection is made. If the connection between heaven and earth is there, if we see Hashem in the world, if we utilize every aspect of this world to shine and reflect HaKadosh Baruch Hu's greatness, His awesomeness, His, 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 his Gevura, His Gedula, so then... It becomes, be- it becomes beautiful, it becomes spiritual, it becomes holy, it becomes elevated. So there's no part of this world when it's de- that's devoid of Hashem, and when that, that connection is understood, that connection is experienced, and that connection is channeled, as a tzaddik does, so then every aspect of the world becomes connected to heaven, and every aspect of the world becomes elevated and becomes holy. Yavan is referred to as darkness, is referred to as chayshech. So the Greeks represented darkness. What they did was they took the physical world and they separated it from any spirituality. They took wisdom, Chachma, which was, is actually the highest form, the greatest gift that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave mankind, the ability to perceive HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the tachlis of wisdom, the point of Chachma, the point of understanding the world around us, the point of understanding the secrets and the amazing miracles that there are in the world are to then get the connection and see the awesomeness and the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But if you divest the connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as the Greeks did, and they worshipped the Chachma, the, 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 the wisdom for itself, and they made it devoid of any spirituality, then they took something with tremendous potential, and they turned off the lights. They removed all the spirituality from it. That's why it's Cheshach. They took something that had a whole room, a room that's full of beautiful, wonderful, wondrous things, that can, so much amazing things can be accomplished, but the lights are off. It, once it doesn't have that spiritual light shining in it, then, it has, then all it is is Chayshech, and Chayshech actually has the attribute of causing us to stumble. 
once it's divested from the Ruchnias, once it's in not connected, then it's very physical, and actually it'll schlep us down much more. It'll drag us away from Hashem. So physicality, without its connection to Ruchnias, without that Tzadik Yisrael who connects it, it just brings us down, it schleps us down, and causes us to become more physical. The test that Yosef endured in this week's parsha, the wife of Petifer trying to tempt him, trying to seduce him, was rooted in this aspect of Yosef. The, connecting with Petifer's wife really had a tremendous potential, and Rashi explains that that was what Petifer's wife had perceived, that she was meant to connect with Yosef. Now, in reality, it was going to be her daughter that was going to be that, doing that connection, uh, which, she, which she didn't realize. But she saw that there was going to be a connection between her and Yosef, and tremendous greatness things, great things are going to come out of that. And she therefore went full speed ahead to try to connect to Yosef HaTzadik. But Yosef HaTzadik said, it can't be done through sin. It can't be done through an Avera. If you do it sinfully, then it destroys all spirituality, and then it remains pure physicality with, with no uh, Kedusha to it. No Shemayim. Shemayim and, and heaven can't take place in a, in, in, with Averas. And therefore he said that's an, that's an impossibility. So he, th- th- it was the same issue of being confronted with physicality that has tremendous potential, but once you pull it away from any spirituality, it becomes treif, it becomes tame, and it will drag a person down, it will destroy. And that's what Yosef Atzadik stood up against. The oppression which caused Matis and the Hashem to rise up and to rebel against the Yivanim and create the eventual miracle of Hanukkah was the destruction of purity in Kal Yisrael. The Yivanim forced every woman before she got married to be defiled by the governor of the city. They wanted to take something which was so holy, so, so spiritual, the Kedusha of a Jewish marriage, but they wanted to say that it's devoid of any spirituality. It's a simple physical act. It's gashmius, and it, can, and it doesn't get affected by the fact that she's going to be living with someone else. They wanted to take what's so holy to us and create something totally devoid of spirituality, something a physical act, which brought tremendous tumor. That was their, their kavana, why they wanted to ban bris mila as well. They didn't see the human body as something being connected to something spiritual. They wanted to remove Shabbos so that there would be no spirituality infused in the days of the week. They wanted to remove Rish Chaydish so there's no spirituality infused in the days of the month. And the beauty of Hanukkah is that we took Eight days, which are weekdays. Obviously, there's a Shabbos in the middle. But they took eight days, which are weekdays, and they made it a yantiv without changing the nature of the day at all. It's a totally choyl day. There's nothing not weekday about it. There is no Isra Malacha. The women took on a minute, but other than that, there's no Isra Malacha. You can do anything that you can do on a weekday. You can act, and you, can, you don't have to wear Shabbos clothing, and you don't have to eat Shabbos meals. There's nothing about it. There's nothing about Hanukkah which is other than weekday, yet they take the weekday and we elevate it to such a tremendous degree. We give it, we infuse them with spirituality. We connect heaven and earth in Hanukkah. Every day of Hanukkah is a yantiv. But how is it a yantiv? It's a yantiv of halal and haidah, to sing halal and to praise Hashem. That's what elevates the days, the Chol days, is when you bring HaKadosh Baruch Hu into the Chol day. You take every aspect of the weekday and you infuse HaKadosh Baruch Hu into it, you connect heaven and earth. That's what Hanukkah is all about. The mitzvah of lighting in the menorah 
is so connected to its brachas, which are the praise of Hashem. There's one opinion in Shulchan Aruch who holds that if you don't make the bracha on the menorah, then he, has, he questions whether you're yaitza the mitzvah. So in other words, it's not simply the mitzvah of lighting the menorah, but the, the mitzvah of lighting the menorah is intertwined with the brachas, because that is what the aspect of Hanukkah is, bringing HaKadosh Baruch Hu into this world, talking about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, demonstrating that every aspect of the physical world is connected and is made holy through Ruchnis. And Hanukkah gives us that key, and that's the key we have to take from Hanukkah, is how to infuse spirituality in every single aspect of our weekday life. It's to praise Hashem for it. If we uncover the godliness and all the blessing that we have, if we make a bracha and we mean it, if we talk about how Hashem grants us what we have, how He created that, we're taking the physical and we're connecting it with heaven. And we're the tzaddikim then, that are Yisait Olam. Now the Pasuk says about Yosef in this week's parasha, and it says it very clearly, that that's what Yosef HaTzadik did. It says, the Pasuk says, His master saw that God is with him. And whatever he does, Hashem made successful. So Rashi says, what does it mean that his master saw that God is with him? How did he see that God is with him? So Rashi famously says, because he lived the life like a tzaddik. Shem Shemayim Shogur Befiv. The name of God was always on his tongue. What does that mean? It was constantly on his, on his lips. Uh, Yosef always attributed everything to Hashem. Every success he had, he attributed it to Hashem. Before he did anything, he davened to Hashem. That's Medrash Tanchuma says, before he served his master, he says, Hashem, please give me a tzlacha. Let me be successful with this. Let me find favor in his eyes. Everything that he did, he attributed to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He was constantly attributing, bringing HaKadosh Baruch Hu into this world. So much so that his Mitzri owner recognized that. His master saw that God is with him. That means God is with him. He saw HaKadosh Baruch Hu living with Yosef because Yosef was bringing HaKadosh Baruch Hu into this world. As we see when he spoke to the Bashar Mashkin and Sarayfim, Baruch Hu is going to decipher your dream. He spoke to Paray, he said he's right away, he attributes everything to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the way of a tzaddik. A tzaddik brings HaKadosh Baruch Hu into this world by constant attribution, constant bracha, constant tefillah, constant infusing HaKadosh Baruch Hu, recognizing and reflecting HaKadosh Baruch Hu in every aspect of the physical world. And that is what Hanukkah is here for. And that's how Hanukkah atones for the sale of Yosef, because when Yosef was sold, we lost that influence, and it became a little bit weak by us. And when it became weak by us, the Yavanim jumped in to try to exploit that, and to try to weaken it by us. So we needed that serious Nefesh, that Matas stood up for that, and said, we are not going to give up on our Kedusha, and our purity, and our Tahara, and our Mitzvahs. And we, they, they even added the Yantav of Hanukkah to take the most weekday days possible, and turn them into a Yantav solely with this aspect of Halal and Haidah, constant praise, constant bracha to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. May HaKadosh Baruch Hu grant us a wonderful, beautiful Hanukkah when we to infuse bracha and tahara and kedusha in all aspects of our physical life and elevate it, us all together to become holier and more spiritual and get all the bracha and blessings that come together with Hanukkah. Have a good Shabbos and a good night. Frail Hanukkah.